1: hello 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 and welcome to another podcast episode and this episode is all about an interview an interview that i had quite recently and this is like my first interview so this is like my first collab with some other podcast person or another personality on my podcast so this is the first interview just to you know put it out there for you guys who have been listening to me for quite some time It's my first interview and it's with another podcaster named Zachary Jorgensen from DIY Wealth. Now his podcast DIY Wealth deals with finance and it deals with everything related to financial freedom and unplugging from the capitalistic capitalistic society, which is basically you doing a job. So, you know, getting free from that. And I feel that his podcast does deliver a lot of value, which is amazing. I personally have listened to his podcast for, for quite a bit to just get an idea of what's going on. And it's been, it's really great. You know, I could learn a lot of things from him that I would have not gotten to know if I would have not met the dude. So... It was quite useful the interview by the way which is a separate recording that i have which i'm gonna be playing right now after i talk to you guys really quick and give you like the preface to this entire thing before you just jump into an interview with another dude that i have and the thing is that the interview was quite interesting we shared each other's perspectives and we we had some points where we agreed we had some points where we disagreed it's the part of the process. That's what happens when you have different perspectives. Not everyone's going to say yes to your thing because they have their own journey to learn from and they have their own thing to understand. So there is not going to be any yeses, all yeses or all no's. There is always going to be a middle point to that. And I feel that it was quite helpful because you don't grow much. If you agree to each other all the time, right? You grow when you disagree with each other. That's where the growth happens. That's where the growth happens. When you when you when your perspectives clash, that's when the growth happens. And it was so significant for me. Like for me, I got to know so much. And I got to learn and see the world in terms of finances in a different way. And it was quite helpful for me. You know, and I feel that I already have a topic to talk about in my next podcast episode because of this interview, which is quite amazing. And I'm going to talk about that thing with you guys in the next episode just to give you a quick update i'm gonna i'm actually thinking about doing this thing as a regular uh collabing with podcasters or any personality that i can collab with just to you know give you guys a little bit more exposure and have a different perspective on the podcast you know so that you guys get to hear that person out as well and you know they get to hear me out and we get to share each other's perspectives Agree, disagree, whatever it is. And it's quite helpful, you know, and in essence, I would say that this is something that I've been, I'm going to try to do every month for the end of the month. So this, and this is the December's end of the month. So that's why this interview, and then for next month, I'm actually going to find someone to collab with for that end of the month. So I'm going to put a collaboration interview as an extra at the end of the month as a bonus episode okay so this is not a normal episode because you will see every episode that I put normally is a weekly episode now this is coming and releasing before my weekly episode is coming out so this is a bonus and every collab is like gonna be a bonus so there's gonna be a bonus section for it so you're gonna see this under bonus section or under the bonus or just should come with other podcast episodes. I think so. That's how it works. But anyways, what I want you to understand before you jump into this interview is that there is no right or wrong here, guys. And I want you guys to understand this very clearly. There is no right and wrong. There is no, this dude is right. This dude is wrong. There is no right and wrong when it comes to perspective, because we both have lived a different life. We both have had a different kind of journey. As you go through the interview and Zach talks about his journey to becoming a millionaire, he's going to talk about his journey and what it has been. And by the way, again, he's way older than me compared to me. So obviously our journey is going to be different and I'm still way back in the field. So obviously, so he knows more about financial abundance because he has been there. So his perspective is going to be different. I have more like a much more passionate way of looking into things and much more in the hustle and grind of things. So that's how I see it to be. Anyways, you're going to hear the interview out and you're going to see us sharing our perspectives, accepting something, disagreeing on something and you know, any which way, the interview is quite amazing. You should surely check it out and see what it's all about. Okay, so do do that and I'll start the recording now. And also one more thing is that you should really notice what happens to my voice in the starting on the interview, like I'm stuttering and stuff is like, you can't hear me clearly or something. It's, it's the anxiety that kicks in when you usually, you know, like you're doing something for the first time, right? You're introducing someone new to your podcast for the first time. And you know, it's like, it just like blows your mind is like, man, you know, it's, it's, it's something that makes you anxious, right? It sure did made me anxious. So you're going to hear me anxious in this recording. So if any of you have, would who have, would have not heard me being anxious, you're going to hear it quite soon. So buckle up for that. Okay. So you're going to hear it in the beginning of the interview where you can, you know, hear me stuttering a little bit and just, you know, getting lost for a second as like that was, that's what happens when you're like anxious at that point or nervous slash excited anyways go through the interview it's an amazing piece it's an amazing piece for the first interview that i have ever had and just go through with it if you like it do let me know the social media links are going to be down in the description and there are there's also going to be the link for zach's podcast and all his social links down in the description so you can go and check him out as well and if you feel that you want to listen to his podcast and see what it's all about you can do and go and do that as well another thing that i want to let you know is the fact that this interview is freaking long it's it's an hour long interview so if you guys are listening to this make sure that you know you get buckled in you have the popcorn and stuff and you're ready to listen to this because it's an hour long and usually i don't like to keep my episodes an hour long because That's what it is but this interview I didn't keep a track of time and we just spoke our thoughts out and we just spoke and we spoke and we spoke and that's what it was all about and I hope you guys enjoy this. I really hope you do and let's just get started with it and I'll see you later in my next weekly podcast episode that's gonna come and I hope you guys enjoy this so let's get started with that. Interview recording. Hello, 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 and welcome to another amazing podcast episode. And in this episode, uh, this is an interview. So, I usually am not known for my interviews, as everyone knows who's listening to me right now. So, this is something very new. This is the first interview, and I couldn't have guessed who would have come into the interview. And it's pretty amazing. The first interview with someone that I have is quite amazing. I'll tell you who that is right in about a minute. So the topic that we are gonna talk about that I've decided to talk about is all about persistence and consistency. Now before I jump into the topic with my amazing interview with DIY wealth now DIY wealth is in a nutshell couples deeper philosophical thought and humor with gaining reasonable financial freedom in order to better identify for individuals what a life truly well lived is within the constructs of a capitalistic structure now the the podcast DIY wealth is hosted by zachary jorgensen did i spell that correctly
0: yeah you nailed it good
1: job <laughs> thanks uh
0: zach essentially went from being
1: in debt In his early 20s with poor money management and financial behavior patterns to amassing a net worth of 1 million by 31 and he has enough passive income to essentially retire or he prefers to label it unplugging everything has been self-education regarding building wealth and now he's helping people by answering their questions he has become committed to sharing his knowledge base answering questions and merging it with a Better line of thinking in order for individuals to plug into a more enhanced way of living. Now, that's all that his podcast, DIY Wealth, is based on. So I welcome you, Zach Zach from DIY Wealth. So,
0: how are you? Ronit, pleasure to be on here. Uh, thanks again for the uh, warm introduction, and um, looking forward to uh, uh, you know having a good uh, episode with you. I know we talked offline prior, uh, and you know there is some alignment with you know your four gods philosophies on things, and and my wealth philosophies, um, as well as just some of the things that we're gonna go into that detail. Uh, basically, what it takes to build a life that you want, that's worth living, that you don't feel. Uh, or sorry, that you feel that you have a sole purpose doing, rather than just I think a lot of people, you know, you, whether you're in America, Europe, wherever. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are just checking boxes and just bringing in a paycheck and not really thinking about like what's my true purpose in life. How do I want to be impacting people? How do I want to be touching people?
1: Definitely, it's all about the long term game here. You know, many people are just like looking to pay the bills, do the short term work, just get by. But what's life worth if you're just getting by, right? If you're right. not being financially free. So the thing that I want to ask you is the why to how it all started. Like we know that you went from broke to being a millionaire and everyone has an origin story. I know I have. And there's always that moment that we all have where the bubble just gets popped and we are like, okay, we got to do something about this. So what was that for you?
0: Uh, Yeah. And, you know, just a little backdrop briefly about me grew up in Michigan and didn't grow up in a very good family situation, very fragmented family situation. Um, religion was weaponized um, and used to hate uh, certain members of the family. Um, certain members of the family had different sexual preferences. And, you know, because of the way, you know, the Bible states things like it was very contorted heavily and child abuse situation happened and had to testify against a parent in court and like, there is so much more to that story, but it just it, i the reason I bring it up is because I'm okay having an open conversation about this. So if there's someone out there that's listening to your podcast and that resonates with, you can still come to me and have a conversation about this stuff. I love helping people, even if it's not necessarily on the financial freedom aspect. Um, and it also just goes to show like you don't need to be dealt a good hand in life initially to let that define you for the rest of your life. You can take active decisions on growing and being a better person and learning and and getting better and doing better and being better. Um, So essentially because of that, I joined the Marine Corps, still wasn't really taking life seriously. But um, unfortunately, uh, we lost an individual and a bomb dog uh, when we deployed overseas to Afghanistan back in 2011. And uh, it sucks that that's the level it had to get to but that was the pinnacle moment of I need to start applying myself to things in life because life is not guaranteed tomorrow, regardless of your age. It's fragile. And there are people that waste it and other people that are it's taken away in a moment's notice. And they were really applying themselves to man, to, to to not only living their best life, but also trying to reach other people and help them live their best life. So that's when I really started applying myself to things. I know I didn't want to re-enlist in the military. And so I was just like, I need to start figuring out what resonates with me. And so I just started picking up books. You know, I picked up a journalism book, picked up photography books, picked up uh, science books. And then I landed on a little financial book. The easiest read ever. Again, I come from zero financial base and my parents didn't talk about them, talk about finances at all. Um, and so it's called the Little Book on Big Dividends and things just clicked in my head. Um, I invested, you know, I bought ten shares of Bank of America in 2011. Uh, it was the first investment I ever made. Didn't know what I was doing at all, but at the end of the day, I saw the market close, and I saw that my my money made four dollars and fourteen cents more than what I had, and that was the big click for me. That's led me here today. That if you're someone that can delay gratification of certain things over a consistent long duration period of time, whether or not I choose to sleep in all day or continue to be and as active as possible. It doesn't matter what my actions are. My money is going to make me more money. And because of that, that gives me the freedom to go choose and do the things I want to do in life.
1: Definitely, definitely. So like your time when in military was like a wake-up call to start working.
0: is not even so much the actual military service, but it was when the individual from our unit passed away and the bomb dog that was a defining moment in my life where i was just like man like i really need to i'm still not taking life seriously i'm 21 i really need to start applying myself to things
1: yeah this really goes to show you know like there are two ways people learn either it's from experience or it's from observation and many times like i've had talks with different kinds of people from different backgrounds and they have their own story behind this and it's usually in this sense like either they see something which is significant to them and from there they start or they experience something significant so definitely definitely makes a lot of sense and as you mentioned about the consistency and everything we are going to talk about that here so that's going to be the topic of the day so what's your thought when it comes to persistence what comes to mind when you think about the word persistence
0: yeah so i mean persistence <clears throat> persistence is a huge mantra in my world and actually i have persistence or persist with a key tattooed across my knuckles so like people that can't look right now i'm heavily tattooed i have about nine thousand dollars worth of tattoos on me it's a very large part of the military culture um and it was something i bonded with other guys with uh on is you know getting tattoos and so right across my knuckles i have persist and on my pinky there's a little key and so, literally, the, the the mantra or the or the uh, takeaway with that tattoo is persistence is key, and it is. You need to persist in life regardless of what's thrown at you. So, for instance, like my first year working in real estate sales before I moved into medical device sales, mm-hmm. I made eighteen thousand dollars. That's not a lot to live off of, and again. It's not that I wasn't working either. I was consistently doing open houses every weekend. I was consistently calling people, trying to get business, trying, trying, trying every day. I was working probably 40 hours a week, give or take. And I only made $18,000 that first year. Did I let that one year define what I could do in real estate or that's as much as I'm going to make? No. 18000 I learned some things. I learned how to convert sales better. I learned how to what do i what, maybe i need to use a piece of paper and have people fill information out now i have them in my crm and i can follow up with them like but you don't know what you don't know but you have to build on your failures and build on the difficulties and struggles that life throws at you and that's what causes the equation to compound so i went from 18,000 to 40 40 to 72 72 to 96 96 to 120 and then I shifted into a medical device career. And even when I went into medical devices, I went from 120 to 60. I lost half of my income jumping into a different industry. That'll make you second guess yourself. That'll make you you think a lot about, did I make the right decision or should I have kept just doing something else? But the reason I made that jump was because I was no longer satisfied with my with my uh, real estate career. Mm-hmm. And so I went from 60, and then I got back up to 90. And then a 90, I got back up to 150. And like, it, the, the key takeaway I want people to have resonate with them here is even if you're younger and you're not bringing in a lot of money, that's okay. No one said you have to stay there, but it's a learning experience. It's a learning curve. And so take from that and build off of it and make sure no matter what, that $18,000, you don't make it again next year. You make more. And now apply, you can apply that logic to everything, like apply it in your personal growth, apply it in your psychological health. Apply it in your physical health. Like, you know, people are getting ready for New Year's resolutions to go to the gym. Don't be the person that falls off. Start with an easy goal. Start with two. Start with going to the gym twice a week, and then go to three, then four, then five. Then before you know it, you're you're eating better. You have every and you've achieved all of your physical goals, just like you would your financial goals, which I just laid out. Definitely, definitely.
1: And like I went through your podcast and that's where like i heard a piece where you were talking about budgeting and someone had a question on budgeting and that's where you gave the thing of setting a higher goal so that you know you'd meet the goal that you would initially thought would be good so that you know you can meet that because you have set a higher goal which you might be a little bit you know confused on whether you'd be able to reach there or not and that's something i felt was very significant when it comes to goal setting and everything and what oh, is what size you? hmm. Yeah, so what... Sorry, one more. Okay, so you go first.
0: No, 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 continue. You had cut out a little bit. I thought you had paused and then you went back into talking again. So my apologies, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. So as you said about the budgeting
1: thing, it made a lot of sense about goal setting and how goal setting is done. Usually you would set the next best goal that we would think that we would be able to achieve. And usually we don't achieve that. And it's so it's better so we keep a higher goal, but not too high that we'd be discouraged by it, but high enough so we would be able to reach what we thought was, you know, the goal which should be we'd be able to reach. And that I felt was very, you know, useful. And I really wanted to bring that in this so that you know the audience gets to hear this. And what you said about persistence as well made a lot of sense. Definitely that makes a lot of sense. And plus what happens is that many people think that people quit because you know they go into the stuff and they see the stuff and they're like okay I'm not doing that it's not at that point that many people quit it's usually when they go after that and they start seeing that there's a lot of work to do and they start doing the work that's when they give up and I feel that's so significant and that that didn't happen for you just you keep pushing you keep pushing to the point that you get where you want to get to that's pretty significant
0: yeah and I think one of the things that Really plagues my generation and younger generations to come um, is the fact that we live in a hyperconnected world. And so when I go log into Instagram and I see Zach or I go log into Instagram and I see X y Z person, all I'm seeing is their all of their immediate successes in life. They don't get the backstory of Zach ten years ago. They don't get the backstory of you know I', I some motivational coach, some motivational coach out there who has built a business and a brand and it has taken them seven, eight, nine, ten years. But all they're seeing is the very good content they're able to produce and them talking on a stage and them dot 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 because they're only seeing the pinnacle of what that success looked like. Instagram's not going to show you the guy that's struggling for three, four years trying to get his business up and running. Instagram's going to send, Instagram's going to see what's my algorithm say. My algorithm says more people are liking this guy's content. Why do they like his content? Probably because it's produced better. Probably because he has more of a following. Probably because he has dot, dot, dot. And so I think that's a, a very real problem that doesn't get talked about or addressed either with people like us, with just anyone in our generation or younger generations. We only get, we only see the tip of the iceberg we don't see any of the struggle. We just see the highlight reels. We see how great someone's life is. We see how amazing their two-week trip in Greece was. We see, how, we see how, how they just purchased a new house. Well, what did they have to do to purchase that new house? They had to save for a year and a half. You don't see that. You don't see that struggle of anything I just stated. And I think that's something that you need to reframe and rewire in your brain as soon as possible. And understand these people that are standing on platforms these people that just bought a house these people that just went on this vacation there was some type of planning strategy struggle trial tribulation and persistence all that went into doing that one thing that you just saw instantly on a picture on social media Mm
1: -hmm. yeah definitely i definitely agree on that social media is a big instigator of feeling jealous envious and so many different emotions that you don't have to like young children were like 15, 14, they put themselves on Instagram and they're going in depression because yep. they're trying to seek validation and so many different things happen. And that's where I just tell many a times when it comes to social media that whenever you look at a picture, just understand the fact that you're only seeing one second of what's going on in their 24-hour life. Yep. You know, 24 hour a day, you know, like you're only seeing that one second and you're basing everything that they are based off that one second, yep. you don't see what happens. You don't see that they are having fights with their girlfriends, wives, whatever right. it is. You don't see that. And we all are normal human beings. We all go through our struggles. And you gotta understand that that one second does not, you know, is not something that you can base everything about them on. And this is what many people do intentionally as well. There are many people who show that they have gone there, they have gone this place, they've gone that place. Is it true? First of all, you gotta ask yourself that question. There are many people who try to seek validation from social media. So they would try to Photoshop stuff. They would try to you know, put green screen and stuff just to get validation of people. That's not a very good thing to do.
0: And I think that pairs nicely into another thought that I'm gonna parlay off of what you just said. And you talk about how just unrealistic all of this stuff is, but yet we see it and we still continue to do things to ourselves like buy a bigger house, buy a better car, go into debt in order to go on spring break with friends, do this, do that. And all that's doing is perpetuating the problem of not allowing yourself to gain time time wealth. And the only way you gain time wealth is by having enough financial assets spitting money at you so that way you can cover your obligations. Well, if your obligations keep going up, even with your income keep going up, well, then all of a sudden now time wealth looks like a more unrealistic uh thing that's going to happen in your life. You go, d- you go decide to keep up with the Joneses because you just got a thirty thousand dollar pay increase and you go buy a sixty thousand dollar BMW. If you're okay with the reality that that's costing you probably six seven years of your life. Mm-hmm. Then I can't, I can't argue with you. But I don't think that's where everyone wants to end up in life. I think, I think the ultimate goal for people in life is to not have to worry about money coming in. But we do it to ourselves in order to appeal to a narrative that exists on the hyperconnectivity of the internet. Of look at how great I'm doing in life.
1: Definitely, that's definitely true. Another thing is that when people look at these pictures and all these videos, they think they get this sense of urgency that. I need to get stuff done quick. I need to get a million bucks like in a month or something, going from zero to million in a month. That does not happen. That's unrealistic. What you're thinking and you're basing stuff on is just what we were born with. Like many people from my generation, they were born with the internet. They had the internet since they were born. And parents have this habit of giving the phone to the child when they're like five, six. And the child is looking at this and like, whoa, it's like super speedy and we get used to this and we want everything to be done in like a flash things can't be done in a flash yeah sure amazon can give you stuff in one day or two day shipping but the thing that you're talking about is life and when it comes to persistence you got to be more persistent when it comes to life and getting something done in your life and that's where many people miss the go.
0: yeah we definitely live in a society of immediacy right now gimme 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 and i'm guilty of it too you know if i sign up for something and i don't see an email come into my inbox immediately i'm sitting there irritated clicking refresh 8 9 10 11 times like that's how prevalent it's become in society and you know ironic i watched the office i you know i think it's a funny show and uh, dwight one of the characters on the office someone mentions something to the effect of you know life is short and he says false life is actually the longest thing you do in life And it's funny, you know, but it's true too. And, you know, to pair off of what you said, like people just expect businesses to just be built out of nothing and turn around and be successful in three months. That's not reality. If you want a quality business with organic followers or an authentic client base that sends you referrals, you got to build a good business. And that takes years. It's something that doesn't happen over a month. It's probably something that doesn't happen over a year. And I've read a statistic somewhere. I don't know if it's still true, but most businesses don't run and turn a profit until their three year mark. We live in an age right now where you can start a pretty lean business model and probably at least get to break even or turn a profit based on what you're in. You know, if if you're in the furniture industry, yeah, you're looking at high inventory costs and things like that. Something like a podcast costs you nothing but 100, 150 bucks a month tops. On a budget, you could probably look at doing it for $25, $50 a month. All you need to do is find some supporters there and then from there continue to pour and build into it. But again, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. You know, I've been doing it for a while. You've been doing it for a while. It's the consistency. It's creating content that's valuable. It's talking to your community. It's getting feedback and all of that stuff, regardless of whether you're in the podcast industry, you want to start a car washing business, you want to start dot, dot, dot you need to understand it and mentally commit it's gonna take time for me to be able to post that pinnacle picture that everyone sees on instagram as immediate success
1: yeah definitely and it's again get loop all gets looped back into the thing that you know they see other businesses on social media and they're saying that they're that's doing really well so they think that it's because you know they did it in a month or two months they didn't do it in two months right they just don't see the backstory right. behind it it yep. all goes back in a loop, and they'll be like, See, they did it. This guy did it. This guy did it. So, why can't I? The reason you can't is because you're not giving it time. That's and
0: I, I think the other thing that people fall into the trap of is they see something and it looks easy. So, let's say, for instance, drop shipping. Drop shipping has been a very popular thing lately. Mm-hmm. It's all over Instagram, it's all over Facebook. You have people mm-hmm. saying, Sign up for my course. You'll be making $10,000 in a month, and this, that, and the other. Yeah i think something that people deeply fall into the problem and why they aren't successful with the things they want to do in life is because they're following the money they're not following their heart
1: mm-hmm. definitely definitely again something that i would say in terms of dropshipping, i'm into dropshipping, so i know what it's all about like the marketing is crazy everyone's trying to pull you know people into their course they're trying to get people to get to their thing we will help you get This in a few days, in a few weeks, there's like three-day intensive course, this, that. It's it's a lot of noise. It's like people are looking into, you know, whenever they go into self-development and that's the start, right? Everyone lives in this life where they work and they do stuff in a particular way and they don't think about what could be. And that's like the first stage. And when they move from that, they go into the self-development industry and they say, oh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. The second stage has its problems as well that is which shiny object do you want to choose and if you're going to choose that understand it's not a shiny object it's actually going to have a lot of work associated to it you know like people in drop shipping, the only way they get successful is seven months of continuous grind and hustle to actually find the product which actually works and i'm going through that and i'm not going to quit on it because i know that being persistent is the part of the game and that's what's going to get you there not you know looking at it doing it for two, three months and saying, okay, I'm quitting on it. that does not work.
0: And taking it a step further from what you just stated and going, am I doing this because I actually enjoy this and I want to do this, or it's a skill set I'm genuinely interested in building for myself, or am I doing it because I got roped into a flashy advertisement that said, I'm going to make $10,000 in a month. Mm-hmm. That right there is where 90% of people go wrong.
1: Yeah, definitely. Again, I would say that if it's your motivation, motivation is also something which is rooted into many things some people have motivation because they want to earn quick money but because you know that's how they think that life goes that's where they'll quit really quick now the ones who really do stick around either they have passion for it or they're just stubborn in that sense and you'd see many people like Robert Kiyosaki to name one of the few he would always say you know to do something that has more potential in it than to do something which has passion in it, you know? He has this, like, four quadrant thing, and he places Mm -hmm. it in different, like, small business, big business, investment, you know, and the big bucks are in big business and investment. He talks about stuff like that. It can work, but I would say that as long as you're doing something that you really, really like and you can do it as much as you
0: can, it's going to work. I would agree with that up to a certain point, Mm -hmm. because, again, we just... We live in a society where you need money coming in. If you Mm -hmm. really love something, but the money is taking too long to get to where you need it to be, Mm -hmm. that's unfortunately where some people start dropping off on their dreams or their expectations in life. If I'm a photographer and I'm expecting to be bringing in $2,000 a month for my photography when I start and I'm at the year mark. And I still love it. I'm still super passionate about doing photography, Mm -hmm. but I'm only bringing in $500 a month and it's been a year. That takes a toll on someone's soul. It takes a toll on their ability to be comfortable in life and live well. And so unfortunately, you know, people will start diverging off of that path if they're not able to figure it out fast enough. The beauty in what I preach is... Yes, did I enjoy my first my first decade as a professional? Probably not as much as I could have, but because I consistently and heavily earmarked dollars into acquiring more and more assets, now I can focus on something like this podcast, and I'm not on a timeline here. I don't I'm not worried about money running out. I'm not worried about how fast or how slow it scales because it's something I'm passionate about. It's something I know I will end up succeeding in. But because I don't have to worry about the financial aspect of putting food on the table, of paying rent, of paying electricity, of paying gas, of being able to contribute to my retirement account, of dot, 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 like you could just keep going, especially if you have kids and you got childcare and you got to pay for extra groceries for your children and stuff like that. If you build that financial base out enough, now you can really sit in your thoughts and think, what am I passionate about? What do I love doing? Even if I didn't make any money doing it. And if you can identify that thing and you have the financial cushion that I like to design on my end with the po- with my podcast and what I do with my people that support me via Patreon, mm-hmm. that is the most pinnacle, beautiful place to be when it comes to identifying and building something that you'll never get tired of doing.
1: Definitely. Definitely. That totally makes sense. And that's be- definitely that's something which is very important. And you've got to look into that because like if you're doing then you're playing the game of life you know that you gotta bring money in and you gotta go with something that you really like and love and also at the same time you gotta look at the money aspect of it and you gotta weigh both sides because you know you can either choose passion or you can choose money that can keep you going you know which one would you choose would you live today and fight tomorrow or you're gonna fight today and die you know, and that's something that's pretty significant.
0: And it's all person to person. Some people that I'm saying this to right now, they're probably shaking their head and going, no, I'm going to go all in on my passion. And you know what? To some of those people that go all in on their passion, they're going to crush it. And I'm happy for them. To yeah. some other people that go in on their on their passion, they're going to fall flat on their face and they're going to have to figure something else out again. And then there's other people that this is going to resonate and go, oh yeah, before I really get into my passion of ABC, He's right. If I can figure out over the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years how to build a nice financial base and have enough passive money coming in, then I can really focus on that and not have the stressors of money and life knocking at my door.
1: Definitely, And it all depends on effort. Again, persistence. If you have enough persistence to go through with it, even though you're earning 500 bucks in something that you love to do and you would have loved to get 2000 on it. If you still want to be persistent, you still want to put in the effort just because it's something that you want to do, go do that. You know, go buck wild, you know, go do that thing. But if you feel and you're getting doubtful at that moment, you got to, you know, see again whether it's actually something that you really love or not. Because uh, one of my episodes, I mentioned this that true passion about anything in life is when you love both the hardship of it and the, you know, liking of doing that thing. Because the hardship is that aspect of i'm getting only 500 bucks a month because of it and that's hardship but true passion you don't even weigh that you know like okay i'm earning 500 bucks a month okay but i still love doing it i love doing it so much that i'll still continue doing it regardless and it's it's illogical you know it's not rational but that's when you know you gotta think about that and it depends from person to person again
0: hey um I like that you brought that up. I think that's a very good point. Um, again, to, to my example, yeah. Like there are some people that are going to fall off because it's, it's just the struggle and the hardship of it's going to be too much for them to bear. And there's other people that are going to go, I'm going to keep going no matter what. And one of my episodes, um, is, uh, life's not fun without cheat or life isn't as fun with cheat codes. Mm -hmm. And it kind of rings into what you just stated. Basically, You have to enjoy the hardship of it. Okay. And that's basically what I talk about in the topic of that episode is do you play video games, Ronit? Yeah. I know that. I can
1: resonate with that completely.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I play video games too, and I enjoy them. And don't get me wrong, like, can you plug in a bunch of cheat codes and play that game? Yeah. Yeah. Is it fun for maybe 20, 30 minutes, whatever? And then you leave. Yeah. But then you lose interest and you become completely bored with it. Why do we play video games? we play it because of the struggle we play it cuz we level up and then we get to learn new skills and then we get to buy new stuff and then we get to unlock new areas in the video game and like it is literally the same thing but for what in our lives but for whatever reason we negatively associate the uh grind or the adventure or the uh, uncertainties that is life as a negative thing but we go to a video game and get literally Serotonin, uh, not serotonin. What's the one? What's the chemical? What's that? Dopamine. Yeah, we we go to a video game and we get dopamine for dealing with the struggle in there. Mm -hmm. Take that same concept and plug it into your real life and understand: Are you literally playing a video game? No, but am I playing a video game? Am I learning to build up my skills? Am I leveling up? Am I unlocking different areas in my life? Like apply that same concept to your life, and all of a sudden, life isn't as difficult or as stressful.
1: Definitely. Like life is also like a video game. The only difference is that it's not in super speed. You know, video games are really fast. You can finish a video game within a month or two. Life right. isn't like that. The only right. time the video game ends is when you die. That's the only time the video game ends. And it's right. super slow. It's not that fast. But you got to understand it's still like a video game. You still level up. Yep. Yeah, sure. You don't have the certainty of whether you will level up and when you will level up, but you will level up. You know, if you do the lessons, you learn the lessons, you do the work, you will level up. What type of video games do you like? Like for me, I used to play video games. Like I stopped now because there's so many other stuff going yeah. on. But now, like before I used to play like racing games, I used to play like Call of
0: Duty and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Call of Duty was huge during COVID. Everyone I knew was on that. We would just connect on that. It was a great way to bond with people, even though you were stuck in your house.
1: Yeah, definitely. And goes really, really fast. You know, you play multiplayer and like someone just shot you in a second or two. You know, you don't even know where that came from.
0: Yep. Yep. There's definitely been a lot of cussing and a lot of stress. when yeah, I played. There, are, <laughs> there are also like
1: literally gamers that I know that broke like two, three Xboxes, you know, and they bought new ones.
0: Oh, man. That doesn't surprise me, though. I've definitely known people that have thrown controllers across the room and stuff like that. It's just... Yeah, you can't let it control your life that much. But yeah, I was just curious what kind of games you play.
1: Definitely. Like, I have tried Fortnite, but it's like, I just couldn't get Fortnite. You know, that's where Persistent didn't work for me. Like, nah, I
0: tried it I'm too. Gonna... I I couldn't yeah. figure it out. People were building walls out of the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me, like, the based amount, on how my brain works. The
1: amount of multitasking it requires, it mm-hmm. requires you to play and shoot as well as build.
0: Build, it's like, Yeah
1: multitasking to another level and people like some people are really good at it if like you know those people like ninja and all that yeah yeah, yeah. like for like two three years and they yep. weren't good at it and they got good at it you know the the amount of persistence that guy must have to think about it you know mm-hmm. he like literally did his youtube thing and it blew up and now it's like getting him on stream of income through that I mean, yep it's huge
0: yep you got to find those passions in life and you got to learn how to I don't want to say you have to learn how to, but I think life can become more enjoyable if you can learn how to monetize those passions because then now you have money coming in, which you need to go buy food and stuff like that, but you get to continue doing the things you love to do.
1: Yeah, and that's like that concept actually allures a lot of people doing something that you really like and earning money off it is like a dream come true for many people, you know? But it takes really- but a lot of work on the back end. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of work. And plus consistency is something that goes- you know, side by side with persistence. If you want to have persistence, you got to have You know, consistency, you got to have patience. Patience is a big one, you know, like it's so important. The only time I got to know about patience and it's so important, like I didn't even know about persistence sometime back, you know, I got to know about that. And I knew that that was something that was missing. You know, I had two inches before this, that stuff that I'm doing right now. And I, you know, left in the middle just because of lack of patience. Because I was always looking at that outcome, like, why am I not getting there? Why am I not getting there? Each time I look at it, I'll get more frustrated to the point that I'll actually leave and look at some other shiny stuff, which will catch my eye, which was bad. You know, yep. It was a pattern. And like, I got to know about that. That's where I started to act up and start to work towards that. Like Gary Vee, like if you have heard him, he preaches a good. lot, you know, patience, and it makes a lot of sense, and he really appeals to the younger generation in that sense, because young the younger, younger generation has a really big lack of patience, and he understands that.
0: Yeah, I've I've listened to him here and there. He's not really my cup of tea, but again, if people are getting value out of it, then you should absolutely consume his content.
1: Yeah, like I would always like recommend go watch YouTube video videos, whichever like you know go to, along with that topic and just see that see for yourself what do you think about it like i have so many mentors around this the one that i'm actually working close with peter sage he's also an amazing guy you know i usually recommend videos from him and sometimes i would recommend gary Vee or simon sinek those people are also really great and that's what i do usually that's something that people can reference from you know it's not just me that's speaking it there are other people as well who are speaking this thing
0: yeah absolutely uh it gives people uh a larger circle of perspective other than just Ronit, other than just Zach.
1: Yeah, definitely. That, that works as well. And when it comes to consistency, it's like all tied in, you know, so it, it's kind of baseless to talk about persistence and also not be talking about consistency because they go hand in hand and we have talked about both persistence and consistency. So there's not much difference in that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people, they hear those words, but they don't really think about it. And if you think about it, even at a 10,000 foot level, like, okay, I want to be fit. Okay. Well, in order to be fit, you need to be persistent and consistent. How? 80% of that equation is going to the gym, showing up, applying yourself and eating right. That requires consistently making the right choices every day, every week, every month, every year. Your drop is shipping. You know, I don't know what all that entails, but it requires consistency and being persistent with some of the roadblocks that happen every day, every week, Mm -hmm. every month, every year. Getting where I got it didn't happen overnight. I started with 10 shares of Bank of America, Mm -hmm. but I consistently continued to learn every day, every month, every year, and then pushed money every day, every month, every year into assets that were producing money for me. And now I get to totally realize that vision. Yeah,
1: definitely. And something that many times people don't consider is that hard work is not going to get you there quicker. You know, like many people think that working five days in a day and doing it for a week is going to get me there. It's not going to get you there. It's still going to take a month, but will you be able to put in enough time and effort to do it every single day for five hours for a month? that's where you burn out. And that's where many people say, okay, I'm not going to do this. It's not yeah. How to eat.
0: yeah. Burning out's a real thing and people need to definitely balance that out. Um, yeah, yeah you, you know, I want to get really good at the piano. Okay. Well, if you're going to go spend five hours a day for a month, you're going to burn out on it. Whereas, okay, 45 Especially in the minutes beginning,
1: you know, like beginning, you right. can't do that. you got to work with hour and then you can go two hours. Then you can go three hours as you're developing, you know,
0: And I mean, even if you could get to a point where you're playing five, six hours a day, are there some people that love it that much? Absolutely. But everyone has marginal returns on the things they love. I love doing podcasting. You like it too. That's why we're here having a conversation right now, trying to provide content for your audience. But at the end of the day, I don't want to sit in front of a mic for eight hours a day. I just don't. That's not appealing to me. I still love doing it.
1: You know, well-being gets, you know, forsaken. You know, you you don't want your passion to consume you. That's something which is very mm. important actually there's a very good movie based on this i think so it was soul or something from disney
0: disney what was it called soul soul never heard of it
1: yeah like the, it's a cartoon so
0: oh it, yeah I, yeah, I don't... it's a
1: cartoon movie in that they portrayed the same thing you know there was like this person who did, did piano or something like i don't know what it was hmm And he did it like every single hour in the day and he did it and he did it. He he was not good at finance and stuff. And he got his way into like the show and he was like famous with it. That's when something happened and he went to, you know, afterlife where he saw people who were just so stuck in their passion that they were like literally enslaved by it. You know, Mm. that was something which was pretty insignificant. Passion is a passion, but don't let it enslave your life.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thought. It's kind of flipping the script a little bit. I yeah. like that though. Yeah. yeah, you can be you can become too consumed with your passion.
1: Definitely. It's and plus that's also something to take into account. Like and one more thing that I really like to say is the gym analogy. You know, like many people go into gym and they'll go like Three hours, four hours, and they'll lift heavy weights, and they' they'll get really sore, and then they'll be like, "Why am I sore? I'll do some more, And the next day they do the same thing, the third day they do, they do the same thing, the fourth day and then they land on hospital, you know, and it's like that's what's gonna happen. You don't give it give the muscles time to grow. they'll not grow.
0: right, you yeah, oh, a hundred percent, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, you need to allow time for rest um before you can re-engage with that activity which you love again.
1: Yeah. The same thing with frustration. Like if you see the thing, like I recently got to know that frustration actually leads to higher growth in myelin and myelin is the thing that helps us learn better. And I got to know that I was like, my mind was blown, like frustration, seriously. Like many people would want to avoid that. Right. It's something that any of all of us think as something as negative and something as negative as that can lead to so much of growth, you know, and it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important thing you brought up on this episode, too, because even with consistency and persistence and stuff like that, you're still going to have moments of doubt. You're still going to second guess yourself. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to like continuing to pursue a passion of yours. You're not always going to be able to redline on happiness or enjoyment out of it. And that's completely normal and okay because we as humans have a range of emotions. Yeah. It is not okay to perpetually be positive. It's not okay to perpetually be negative. We have times where we're happy. We have times where we're sad. We have times where we're frustrated. We have times we're human. And it's okay to be human while you're on this pursuit of things. It's just a, it's just being able to recognize and acknowledge when you're maybe indulging in too much positivity or when you're maybe indulging in too much negativity or any of the range of emotions that happen in between those two things. And, And it's your ability to piece those appropriately together in your brain and understand what healthy is for you so that you can continue pursuing the things you want to do. And usually like people make
1: this like a red flag. Like if I'm feeling too frustrated, that means it might not be for me. And that's wrong.
0: You're feeling frustrated
1: because it's the part of the journey. It's you're progressing, you're growing. So you're going to feel that. And many times like we as humans, we feel all range of emotions and we are meant to feel it. If you're feeling sad for a moment or two, doesn't mean that anything's wrong
0: with you. It's right. just
1: human, right? And there's like a state of emotion that we live in. And there's a stage of emotion that we live in. That's what we call oh, I understand. like
0: that. I like that. You know,
1: the state of emotion is what we visit. And the stage of emotion is what we, you know, stay in. Do you mm. want to, are you living in the stage of happiness? Or are you visiting the state of happiness? And the rest of it. the time you're depressed.
0: I really like that. Uh, If there was anything I was going to take away from this episode, it would be that one. And to your audience members, if you haven't said that on an episode before, it's not this. It's not the stage of your happiness. It's the state of your happiness. I really do like that. That's a very good piece of perspective.
1: Yeah, because that's what I got from my mentor, Peter Sage, and this is very significant, you know. And it just like blew up in my head. It's like that makes a lot of sense. Do you want to be in the stage of happiness or in the state of happiness? That's the same thing with like diet. You know, do you live in McDonald's or do you visit McDonald's? You know, that's also very significant.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree 100%.
1: Yeah. And in terms of perspective and in terms of like persistence, consistency, that's what it's all about. Now, moving on to the next thing. I, you know, we had some talks before this recording happened and it took a lot of patience and took a lot of, you know, persistence to get here. That's truly something. and. Something that I wanted to talk about is that four gods that I have, and like you, you have four wealths, so I wanted to a little you know let the audience know a little bit more about four wealths
0: yeah, so um, I think that's where we initially saw some alignment to have a conversation, and you know to your four gods, I have my four wealths, and whatever the four wealths so let me let me set the stage with where. We're getting the idea of wealth wrong as a society. If you look up the definition of wealth, it states it's an abundance of resources, okay? For whatever reason, we have gotten very perverted with that translation and we have identified wealth with financial wealth, okay? Mm-hmm. Is joy is, is joy a resource? Is contentment a resource? Is happiness a resource? Is fear a resource? Is anger a resource? these are all resources. I can't perpetually be angry at everyone. I can't perpetually love everyone. There are other people I love more because I have deeper connections with them relative to other people that are acquaintances. Love is a resource. I cannot love everyone equally. You could argue on, on some you know, Eastern philosophy that you can reach, attain levels of enlightenment and be able to do things like that. Mm-hmm. But where it stands right now in my mind and in a lot of people's minds is I'm not able to love a stranger as much as I love my son. I'm not able to love... And I'm not saying you can't get to a more enlightened enlightened phase of that in life, but it's still a limited resource in your world probably right now. Hmm. And so wealth are things seen and unseen. And so I've really taken some time to try and identify what what areas of wealth are there. And I've really broken it down into uh, four of them. Financial wealth is one. Physical wealth is two, social wealth is three, and then or, and time wealth is the fourth one. And so if you think about all of these wealths, like I, can you put a bit more of a dollar amount on social wealth uh, with Instagram, stuff like that? Yeah, that's cool, I guess. But like, when I'm talking about social wealth, like do you have deep meaning relationships with your friends, with your family, with your people that you do business with? Like that is a wealth that not everyone can have, and they can't buy it. Same thing with physical wealth. You can't buy physical wealth, okay? You can't. The only way you can buy time wealth is by having financial wealth because by giving yourself financial freedom, now you have opened up or freed up more of your time. You can still never buy back your time. And that's why it's the most valuable and rare commodity. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. Quit focusing so much on the financial piece of the aspect And understand, I don't need to consistently, perpetually earn and make money and do, 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 achieve, 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 go, 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 climb the corporate ladder, climb the corporate ladder, climb the corporate ladder. Like, and before you know it, you're gonna blink and you're gonna be sixty, and you and you spent all of your time praising to the altar of financial wealth, and you didn't realize that you had all of this time wealth that was so much more valuable to you. Mm -hmm.
1: That's definitely true. Like, I would say many people fall into this trap. They think that having a high paid income.
0: And having a high-paying job is something that's going to get them financial wealth, but it's not. because Or make them happy. Or make them happy. That's another thing, too, that's a more common misconception.
1: Because they are trying to trade time for money. You are giving the company the time, your time, your precious time, which is a finite resource, for something which is infinite, which is money. You can find money every single corner of this world. You have multiple opportunities to get money. It's not just from a job. Yeah, probably like a century before, it might have been just a job that could have given you money because we were in that industrialism and everything and industrialism was trying right. to promote that. Yep. But now the world is open to us. Internet's there and so many possibilities. Lots are. Lots of
0: opportunities. Yep. Yeah.
1: And, you know, people are just boxing themselves in. And that's, really mm-hmm.
0: sad. And that's, you know, to, to tack on to the end of this uh, topic we're talking about really quick right now. Um the, the, the most important goal you can ask yourself every year, and you're going to have to ask both of them, and I'll explain why. How do I make more money? And again, there's marginal returns on that. I'm talking about getting to a point where you get all of your time and you don't have to worry about money coming in. How do I make more money? How do I get more of my time back? You need to ask both of those questions to yourself every year when goal setting. And the reason you have to do both of them is, if I wanted to immediately go get time wealth, I could go get all of it right now, tomorrow, but I'd be homeless. And that sounds a little too uncomfortable for me in life, living under a bridge, panhandling for change. I have all of my time. I have all of my time, but I don't have the financial security that I ideally would like to be hovering around, okay? So that's why you have to pair it with, how do I make more money? And the other reason you have to ask the other side of the equation, how do I get my time back, is if I only ask myself for goal setting, how do I make more money? The capitalistic systems we work in will ensure you will always make more money, but they, but it will all of your time will be sucked up. It will absolutely make sure you can make more money, but it will not relinquish some of its time to you. So that's why you need to ask both of those goals as a singular goal in order to get to a point in life where you can really start identifying your passions and working on them without the concern or worry of putting food on the table.
1: Definitely You know, it's like that thing, you know, what's the point of having millions of dollars if you're 80
0: years old, you know? Right. There's no, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no, there's people out here in this world that, that will be many thousands, ten thousands, even maybe millions times over wealthier than me on the financial aspect. But because that's all that they've focused on their entire life, they're not living their wealthiest life. They're only encompassing a small sliver of what life can look like on a a wealthy life lived.
1: Definitely. Like many people like who are in jobs and just so stuck with jobs, they're like, I'm going to retire with all this money and I'm going to use it after my retirement. I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to be more than 60 when you retire officially and after a job. What are you going to do with that money? You're 60. You only have like what? If you have really good health, then you will live what? 30, 40 more years? Yep. And you'll be like, when you're 60, you're already having issues, all sorts of issues.
0: What's mm -hmm. the point? Yep it's It's a trade-off that I think a lot of people don't realize, and we are there's this hard narrative pushed in America and probably in Europe and stuff like that too, where it's push all your money into a retirement account Well w- let's take a minute and think for a second why Why do I want to push all of my money into a retirement account that I can't access or use until I'm sixty why, like, why
1: is that this happens very intensively in India like I natively am from India, so I know this very like it's very bad like 70 to 80 percent of people even my generation is being pushed into that parents want security for their children so they push them into these like high-paying jobs like engineer doctor going to a Mm -hmm. high-paying job so you have more certainty for yourself but what's
0: the point they're not happy
1: you know it's it's sad that's where you got to see do you want the child to be happy or do you want their security more
0: yeah and i think I think parents mean well by doing that, but maybe they redline on that a little too hard. And in life is literally about finding that balance. Where do I have enough to be stable um, in a world where I can purchase many, many things, um, but learn not to overconsume, but also where do I sit on the spectrum of, do I want something that's going to make me a lot of money, but I'm going to be completely miserable? Do I want to make something that's going to make me uh average amount of money but i'll be happy or do i want to do something that i don't really know when this is going to start producing money for me but i love doing it so much that if someone came up to me and said i will pay you not to do this i would turn that money down because that's how much i love doing it and it's finding a balance in all of that
1: definitely definitely it makes a lot of sense and plus your you know, wells really makes a lot of sense you know time money it's really an important aspect many people don't think of this in this way whenever you know someone would say the word wealth they'll be like oh okay money it's like it's not about money it, there are different sorts of like wealths as well you know that's why i would always mention the you know thing abundance because many people mistake this whenever i'm talking about wealth they'll be like okay money i'm like no abundance okay yep. so abundance is a better word to use because you can have it in two words like financial abundance money spiritual abundance spirituality that's how four oh gods has made it for me, because it's easier to, you know, communicate that to the people. And that's what I find it to be much more simpler, but that's what many people, you know, miss. There are some people who are just so money intensive. They'll just work and work and work to get more money for whatever it is that they get that money. But what's the point? If you, if you don't have a family, if you don't have relationships, meaningful relationships with people. What's the point of keeping all that money?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I was guilty of that too. Um, I wouldn't recommend people do it at the intensity I did to get where I'm at. I think there's a happier balance there somewhere. But I was definitely focused on a number. And as I got closer and closer to that number, I was just like, why am I not happy? Why am I not content? Why am I not joyful? And it's because I was just I was focused too much on one aspect of wealth. Financial wealth is an aspect. It's not everything. And obviously, my podcast is focused on that a little bit more. But I like to do it in a healthy way with a little bit more deeper philosophy on things. That way people can pair into a nice, reasonable financial freedom and then really get to go live their wealthiest life.
1: Definitely. And plus you have your Patreon. So, you know, you can direct people with that as well. You have that accountability thing. I just heard it from your podcast and really makes a lot of sense. You know, it's it's good to have someone accountable. I say this again and again in my podcast. The best way you can actually get there faster is not spending more time on something. It's keeping yourself accountable. And many people can't do that. You know, they have so many excuses in their mind. Is because the mind has done a PhD on making excuses to be comfortable. Let's not go out of the comfort zone. And that's where accountability plays such a big role at it, you know? And
0: I, that's an analogy I like to use too on my podcast that, you know, I'll share on yours right now. Um, you know, you have people that are like, Oh, I'll wait till invest till next year, or I'll max it out next year, or I'll start next year. Or, uh, now's not a good time. we got a kid on the way. I just got a dog and now I got to pay food for the dog. And like Again, you're right. People come up with these PhD degrees on how to come up with excuses on why not to do anything. But who's getting ahead further in life if you're looking at things from a sports analogy? The guy sitting on the bench or the guy out on the court? That's messing up, actively screwing up on the court, but learning from it and getting better and getting points on the board and helping win the game. Who's getting ahead further, farther, faster? Mm-hmm. Unarguably, the person that's in the game playing, even if they're messing up, they're in the game. So like, if there's anything, anything to incite some excitement or some motivation to your audience, like get off the bench and get in the game. Whether it's a $1, dollar, 10, 100, 1,000. Your future self will be so happy you set them, out, sent them up for success. And you don't know what your future self going to like or want or want to do or, it's pa- or their passions or their, or their moral compass or their ethics or their values. You don't. It's an absolute underpinning of psychology. My 8-year-old self did not know what my 18-year-old self was going to look like. My 18-year-old self had zero idea what my 31-year-old self is going to look like. And my 31-year-old self has zero clue what, what I'm going to be like at 45 but if you build these foundational bricks of financial wealth at an early age and do all of that heavy lifting now you're allowing your future self to live its truest self
1: yeah definitely definitely that's totally something that you know is going to resonate with a lot of people and i hope it does and you know people get a different perspective it's all about the different perspective that's why like this entire thing and podcasts are such a good way of getting a different perspective especially collabs you know, so the audience get gets a different perspective other than my perspective and see how that in, that interaction goes. So it's something which is pretty useful for the people. And as like we are coming to the close of this podcast episode and all the amazing stuff that we have talked about. I surely hope that it helps a lot of people out there. And I sincerely hope that because we can't force things to happen, we can only allow them to happen because it's everyone else's journey. They go through their own journey, they go through their own Things in life, and the only thing that they can do is choose to step on the path. We are not going to step on the path for them. They are going to do that. We can only guide them. And I sincerely hope that this helps as many people as it can. And this definitely would help. I can. I have a feeling. I have a gut instinct that this might help many people.
0: Definitely. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. And obviously, some of the perspectives you gave me are great. And um, you know, you you had mentioned the it's not your a stage of. Uh, What was it one more time? Not your stage, it's your state.
1: Like the stage and state, right? So it's not about the state of emotion that you visit. It's it's about about the the stage of emotion. emotion Yeah, like that's something
0: I really liked and I'm going to end up taking that back with me to my podcast and dropping your name and and, and your podcast um, for gods as well. Um, That way if people are like, dang, I actually really did like that, they can go give you a listen. And through all of it, I think the intention between you and I is, Creating different perspective and creating value for people.
1: Definitely, you know, and that that's all that it's all about. You know, the reason why four gods was because I always felt that let's keep the stage open to people, and four gods is such a good way of doing that. I can bring people from different areas and different perspectives and bring them in and expose them to this, and the audience also gets you know a different perspective of how different people think, right? And that was the entire you know motive behind it. So it was really, really great having you on the podcast and going through with all this and all this amazing stuff, your four wealth, consistency, persistence. And it was really wonderful. And to the audience, the link is going to be down the description for Zach's podcast. So you can go and listen to him and see some of the things that he talks about. It's a really great podcast. I've listened to him. Personally, and I feel that it has a lot of value. It's like filled with value and all the amazing people that have come on that podcast. It's really amazing. So I would definitely recommend anyone who's listening to go and check that out. And yeah, I just,
0: people, yeah, I just, yeah. Really quickly, I just wanted to let everyone know, like if you got questions, like I'm always available. Like there's no such thing as a stupid question. I came from a knowledge base of zero. Like I want to set you up for success. I want to see you succeed in life. But that doesn't happen unless you're curious and you ask questions and stop assuming that you can't or I'm going to reprimand you like I am a very open environment when it comes to asking questions and I will give you my honest opinion and I will also point you in the right direction and send you the right resources and stuff like that. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is over on Instagram. And so my handle is Z-A-C-J-U-E-R-G-E-N-S-E-N. And that's literally how you spell my name for everything. So if you want to go to my website, spell it that way. If you want to head over to my Patreon, go over there and check that out. Uh, there's a lot of additional value add there. Um, but just literally search that name. But again, the podcast is DIY Wealth. And again, ask questions. It's the only way you get ahead in life.
1: Definitely. Both to you and me. If they want to reach out to me, the so, all the social media links are there. And I'll drop your links as well, I think, so I can get it from the podcast. So that just makes things easier for the audience. and that's about it for this podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and really got a different perspective you got some breakthroughs some insights if you have some do share and you know let others know as well because we are all learning in this progress you know like life is all about growth and we should all grow together that's the best way of growing and that's something which you got to take to heart and share with people you know so definitely do that and have a good day I hope that you keep moving forward, keep improving, and I'll see you on my, you know, another episode that I'll have. So I'll see
0: you then. Bye-bye.